Welcome everyone. I'm Cassandra Etienne with Legal Services of New Jersey. LSNJ coordinates and supports the regional legal services programs that provide legal assistance in civil matters to low-income individuals across the state. In today's podcast, we will be talking about language access services, the provision of interpreters and translators in New Jersey's agencies and courts. We'll hear from LSNJ interpreter Al Moreno about why these services are so important. If an immigrant farm worker does not speak fluent English, does that mean he shouldn't be protected by labor laws regarding wages and safe working conditions? Shouldn't he be able to access information about his rights just like anyone else? Next, we'll hear from Ziomara, a trafficking survivor from Honduras, whose limited English in dealings with the child welfare system led to the removal of her children from her custody. She made me sign a paper taking away my daughters, knowing that I didn't know English. Now, I'm afraid of signing papers until someone tells me what it's about. Here's LSNJ attorney Anissa Rahim with more about why these services are so important. My name is Anissa Rahim, and I'm chief counsel of the Language Access Rights Project at LSNJ. Today, I'm going to talk with my colleague Al Moreno about the critical importance of interpretation and translation in the New Jersey court system and the steps that have been taken to address this problem. Al is an approved court interpreter of the New Jersey Administrative Office of the Courts and has been director of language services here at Ellis and Jay for about 15 years. So he's had a lot of exposure to people facing legal problems who do not speak fluent English. Al, can you share a bit about your work here and why you think this issue is so important? Interpretation is everywhere, and everyone can do it. However, we're not aware of what it really takes until there is a mistake. In the 80s, Willy Rodriguez, an 18-year-old man, was taken to the hospital. His Cuban mother was LEP, so she explained in Spanish the situation to the ER staff. Ms. Rodriguez said that her son was intoxicado, which means poisoned, usually by something one has ingested. There were neither language services offered nor a qualified medical interpreter available in the hospital. So a bilingual employee decided to take part in the conversation. He came up with a false cognate and wrongly explained that the patient was intoxicated. This mistake changed the way the patient was treated, resulting in quadriplegia. Mr. Rodriguez's family filed a lawsuit and the judge declared that this mistake could have been avoided with quality language services. So the hospital was ordered to pay $71 million in damages. Could you imagine how different this situation would have been had a professional interpreter been in the room? Imagine you are facing a legal issue in another country and you do not speak the language. Wouldn't you want a qualified interpreter to assist you? Fortunately, here in New Jersey, we've been working hard to improve language access. Right, Anissa? Would you like to give a little background for the audience about progress we have made in this area? Yes, absolutely. Um, So first, let me point out that New Jersey is a very ethnically diverse state. Um, It has one of the highest LEP populations in the country. Can you explain to our listeners what you mean by LEP? 
Sure, so LEP stands for Limited English Proficiency, uh, basically individuals who do not speak English as their primary language and have a limited ability to read, speak, write, or understand English. Based on our 2015 census data, we know that the top LEP language in New Jersey is of course Spanish, um, but there are other high LEP populations that speak Korean, Portuguese, Haitian Creole, Gujarati, and Chinese. Are these LEP immigrants entitled to any kind of assistance from the government? Well, their eligibility for public benefits and other social service supports um, might be affected by their legal status in the country, um, but it should never be affected by the ability to speak English. Um, in the legal context, it's particularly important to have the right level of proficiency because of the complicated terminology that's involved. Um, so, in fact, they might be entitled to language assistance uh, with respect to a particular type or service, benefit, or encounter. Um, so, to, just to give a couple examples, if an LEP person is applying for food stamps or Medicaid or unemployment insurance or trying to file for a restraining order, uh, he or she is entitled to language assistance. And in the area of family law, of course, it's very important. You know, we've heard stories of abusive partners providing interpretation for their spouse. Um, and even people losing custody of their children as a result of communication issues where it could have been prevented. Um, Ziomara is an LSJ client um, and is a parent who shared her story with legal services. The person who was doing the interpretation was not doing it correctly. She made me sign a paper taking away my daughters, knowing that I didn't know English. They took them to a house with a person who wasn't Hispanic, didn't speak Spanish. I couldn't communicate with this person, and my daughters went hungry because they didn't know how to speak English. Not just that, because they drank alcohol at the place where they kept my daughters. Lots of strangers smoking what they shouldn't be smoking in front of my daughters. They didn't see that at my house. Now my daughters are traumatized. They tricked them, told them they would bring them back to me in three days. But that was a lie. It took a year for them to come back. Stories like that are heartbreaking, but it is a good illustration of how important access to language services can be. What type of language assistance should someone in that situation receive? So language assistance includes the use of interpreters, and that can be telephone interpretation services, bilingual staff, or trained interpreters. Um, it really depends on the kind of communication that's involved. Um, and it, can, it also includes the use of translators. And translators help people understand documents written in English by rewriting those documents in the languages that they read. Um, so for example, in the court, uh, translators may translate evidence that may come in the form of documents in other languages into English uh, for a hearing. Yes, it is important to understand the difference between an interpreter and a translator. In both instances, the professional interpreter and translator need a superior working knowledge of their languages. However, interpreters and translators exercise different skills in order to excel. An interpreter needs to be able to enunciate and speak clearly in a public setting. A translator needs to have excellent writing skills. So, what is the legal basis for these rights? Well, it stems from a 1974 Supreme Court case, uh, U.S. Supreme Court case, Lau versus Nichols, uh, where the court held that the failure to provide language assistance is a form of national origin discrimination 
under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, and then that case law and the act were strengthened in 2000 when President Clinton signed an executive order uh, which required federal agencies to give guidance on the steps that state agencies have to take to provide language assistance. Um, and on the same day that that executive order was issued, the Department of Justice issued a model guidance for federal agencies. Um, so basically, there was a detailed analysis of the ways in which interpretation and translation have to be ensured um, that was laid out in that guidance uh, to ensure that LEP individuals have meaningful access to government services and benefits. Um, so that's on the federal level. And then on the state level, we have the New Jersey Law Against Discrimination, and that's a state civil rights law which recognizes national origin discrimination. Um, it's a, an important protection on the state level. And um, here, our Division of Civil Rights in New Jersey enforces the law against discrimination. What about the court system? New Jersey courts, particularly the appellate division, have recognized the importance of both interpretation and translation in a number of published decisions. In their decisions, they have cited to due process requirements as well as the AOC's previous directives, now replaced by the Language Access Plan. As you know, we see people every day who need help in protecting their legal rights, regardless of what their primary language is. If an immigrant farm worker does not speak fluent English, doesn't mean he shouldn't be protected by labor laws regarding wages and safe working conditions. Shouldn't he be able to ask, access information about his rights, just like Anyone else? What are we doing to ensure that LEP individuals have access to justice and fairness in our court system? Yeah, that's a good question. So the New Jersey court system actually has a long history of providing language services to LEP individuals. Um, but in 2017, uh, the Administrative Office of the Courts issued a language access plan, which has really strengthened those rights. Um, and the court has come a long way in terms of recognizing the importance of equal access to justice. Uh, the language access plan lays forth how to execute language assistance, and it includes LEP individuals as well as those who are deaf and hard of hearing. And an important piece of this is uh, making sure that interpreters and translators have appropriate qualifications. And Al, that's of course something that you can speak to based on your position here, right? The role of the interpreter or translator has been misunderstood in society. Most people believe that in order to render such service being bilingual is enough. However, that is only the beginning. Let's think about this approach. You, I, most people have two legs, right? Can you, anyone, run a marathon successfully or participate in a dance contest? Likewise, most people have two hands, right? Can then Anyone play a Mozart piano concerto? Of course, anyone can do it all, can do all of these things and more if one has preparation, training, and practice. Professional interpreters and translators are language professionals. One gets a college degree, one can get a PhD in translation or interpretation, one receives specific training to perform such tasks. Right, so the courts have recognized the importance of proper training as well in their language access plan. Um, and they've also taken other additional steps that are important, such as improving signage in the courthouses, including video materials on their website, and especially in courts such as municipal courts, um, and increasing the number and languages of translated documents. So if someone is in need of an interpreter or translator, when they are requesting help from an agency or going through the court system, how would they go about asking for that help? 
While in the court, they can begin by contacting the ombudsman, um, and the process uh, may vary by the agency, depending on the state agency that it's involved. Um, but essentially, it's important for people to know that they have a right and that they should assert this right uh, to the intake worker or the staff personnel um, for language services if they're encountering difficulties. This all sounds very good, and it is so important to our clients. What's next? Have we solved the problem of language access, or is there more work to be done? Well, I wish we'd solved it, but of course, as you know, um, providing language services is an ongoing challenge, uh, especially as there are more immigrants from all parts of the world who may need these services. Yes, the need continues to grow, and government agencies and nonprofits do have funding constraints. They may say, why pay an interpreter a professional salary when I can hire a bilingual person? such as secretary, to cover two jobs. Usually, if interpreters are hired, these are the first to be let go at the first budget cut because they are considered superfluous or redundant. We need to make sure we continue to improve and don't slip backwards. So, for anyone listening who might feel they didn't get the help they needed from a state agency or a core system, what should they do? Again, they should begin by contacting the ombudsman in the court. Uh, depending on the nature of the complaint, they can also file an administrative action through the federal agency or, or the New Jersey Division of Civil Rights or file a complaint in state court. Uh, they can find more information in the February 2018 edition of our publication, Looking Out for Your Legal Rights, which can be found on our website, www.ellisonjlaw.org. And they can always contact the Language Access Rights Project at LSNJ through our statewide hotline. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Anissa and Al for walking us through this important issue. Stay tuned for future podcasts on various legal topics. And don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our webpage at www.lsnj.org. To request help through our hotline, complete our online intake at www.lsnjlawhotline.org or call 1-888-576-5529.